the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rushed out of the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Wednesday the 24th. You're tuned into Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Warner, alongside me Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, gentlemen. Good, Good morning. morning. How you doing? Doing well here on this Wednesday morning. Feeling nice and a lot has gone on in the past couple of days between soccer and little do we know, we found out this morning that you can put pizzas on layaway. <laughs> that was, that's exactly what I was going to go with. I've we, been too busy putting all my pizzas on layaway. Say, for those that I'm sure have no idea what uh, Parker just said, came across on Facebook, found all kinds of gems on Facebook this morning, just random stuff. Um, like Alabama has one ski resort. <laughs> go figure. Had Who no knows? idea. Uh, but yeah, apparently you can um, buy now, pay later on Domino's pizzas. And the rate is like $2 a month. So it's take that for what maybe. you will. I mean, hey, we've all. I feel like we. I can say that we've all been in a situation in our lives where we would have definitely, seriously considered financing a pizza if we needed it. With all those college days of going through the couch cushions looking for See? a quarter so you can get a bag of ramen. That's what I'm yes. saying, yeah. man. So it's hard times out there. Hey, if I just be like, here's two bucks. I'll give you two bucks next month for this pizza. Yeah, I'd have done that. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, unreal. Could you? What a world. What a world we live in. But, yeah, speaking of what did you say? I was going to say, I'd love to see someone do that with, like, a Little Caesars pizza. Put it in, like, five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Six cents. Yes. Uh, 50 cents a month. Here's, here's your half-dollar piece for the month. I just can't wait for somebody. They, they foreclosed on my house because I couldn't make my pizza payments. <laughs> like we were saying, do you imagine you're, you're a th- few months behind, and all of a sudden you see the Domino's delivery truck pull up? <laughs> with a lead pipe? Yeah, with the big case of... Hey, about the $3 you owe me. <laughs> Come up with a briefcase. Yeah, no, it's... The, the the big bag that they carry the pizzas in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought you could uh, pay $2 a month for a pizza pie? But anyways, uh, there was a lot of sports happening, uh, well, soccer happening here in the Panhandle yesterday. And if you were uh, logged in over on our Twitter, at EP News Network, uh, Luke was out and about. He was covering all of them. And it looked like there were some pretty good games going on yesterday. Yeah, it was fun to see both the Jefferson uh, girls and boys soccer teams they took on Berkeley Springs. And it was a little bit of a mismatch, obviously. Two different classifications in West Virginia soccer. There's only two classes, but still, you know, Jefferson playing in the bigger class. And, you know, you have to really give credit where credit is due uh, to Berkeley to show up and try to compete in that game. But, you know, uh, Jefferson really showed their quality. I I missed the first half of the boys game. I had prior commitments here at the station, but both teams win 11-0. On the boys side of things, you can start there. Um, Christian Gottlieb was fantastic in this game along with Owen Sara. Uh, Both have hat tricks. Uh, and Jefferson spent a ton of time on the ball, and I was really pleased with how they looked in possession and how they looked defensively um, and was able to catch up with their head coach um, after the game. Let's talk about the match. Uh, what did you see that you liked? Maybe some things that you didn't like. Uh, I like the sportsmanship. Um, I like the, that we were able to uh, apply uh, what we practiced throughout the week. Um, definitely showed. Um, and uh, I like all the, the camaraderie. We were able to get everybody in. So, um, as, as you know, when uh, 
when you have the, a team with a lot of players, they all want in. So <laughs> this is a great game to get everybody some good playing time. Oh uh, well, Gottlieb saw a lot of the ball, put some in the back of the net. Sara as well. Are those kind of the talisman for you guys, the goal scorers to watch for for the rest of the year? Uh, yes, as a, and, and including a few others. Yes. Okay. And we've got a great rotation, so yeah. And you didn't uh, face many shots tonight. Were you happy Not with how you were defensively? Oh uh, yeah, our, our Connor, our Connor, he, he had some good shots. Uh, the ones that he did receive, they were pretty good shots, and he was able to save those. And uh, I do want him to start playing with his feet <laughs> to kill a little bit, of, you know, kill a little bit of time and, and get the game up and running. So build out from the back. We did a lot of that today, so it was great to see that. Uh, and in terms of possession, you guys built kind of a comfortable lead, and you wanted to spend more time on the ball. It looked like. Were you happy with how you were able to hold the ball? Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, we saw a lot of things that we practiced this week, a lot of turnings, uh, using the outside, um, working our way in and then working our way out. A lot of things just like basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, you work it in, push it back out to the, get those three-pointers, but yeah. And then lastly, uh, Berkeley played the hearts out, kept they the did. press up. Uh, there was a lot of effort from those guys, and they played 80 hard minutes against they you did. guys. They absolutely did, and we were happy to, uh, you know, once in a while we did have to kick the ball out for them to get their subs in, and we, we appreciate that sportsmanship from our, our guys, our Cougars. Yeah. And great catching up with head coach David Bound. And, you know, I've seen Martinsburg and Jefferson now on the boys' side of things. And let's be honest, they were two teams that were towards the bottom of the back last year. But I saw a lot of talent and a lot of things I liked. And then it was followed up by the girls' match. Uh, got to talk with Coach Andrew after the game. 11 goals scored in this game by 10 different players. Really balanced attack, really balanced on the ball as well. They held possession. Similar to the boys' team, they didn't give up a lot of shots. And Coach Andrews was a, it was a hot commodity there. He had to fight <laughs> off some of the other reporters when I talked to her after the game. It sounds like you needed a win like this after... I wish something like this GW. was later in the season. We tried to focus on things that were errors in our GW game. That's why uh -huh. we had to work on we're trying to do more possession in the final third. Mm -hmm. So that's what they were trying to do work at first, and then we just kind of slowly pulled back the stipulations and let them have fun with it. It looks like they were having fun. They're scoring, oh, yeah. I mean, scoring a lot of goals. Just uh, how about the level of consistency? Pleased with the way things are going now after this first win? Uh, yes. Once again, um, wish, wish this was a little later in the season, just so we could. You know, focus on a little bit more. But just the second game of the season, it's still hard to, you know, work on certain things. We rather have a higher caliber team, but you know, it is what it is. So they did. They knew the errors they needed to focus on in W. They said, "Hey, coach, I, I can see these now," and they they worked on a lot of them. So. And uh, certainly a balanced attack from you guys tonight. 11 goals, 10 different goal scorers. That's yes, got to be good that, to see. Yes, it was also kind of one of my rules. Like, hey, if you scored once, you need to score again tonight. So just, I don't like going past 10, <laughs> but it was a couple errors there. Then that just happened, just out of respect type of thing. But, you know, I want them to say, once again, it's the second game of the season. I wish was later in the season just because like hey this person hasn't scored before let's try to get them one basically but was it important to get win number one with two yes. pretty big conference yes. games coming up now yes that you know we have a long gap between which kind of sucks but it's you know worked on things that we needed to work on in a game setting not just practice so you got three goal keepers in right all four got it all four yeah so, so three the varsity and one jv so getting them the experience yes. um you know even against the program that's in a rebuilding phase just kind of speak to that a little bit yeah um well i've our freshman goalkeeper michaela came and she's actually one of our first true keepers that we've had because she played in the offseason sarah my starter she she was a field player that I converted the other year um claire was a, a field player that converted last year so it was nice to actually have a true goalkeeper and who's getting a little bit more experience, work on the little things that she needs to improve on. And I think it's for the long run, she's gonna help us. I'm looking forward to the future with that one. Definitely, yeah, Michaela, um, coming from club mostly, um, 
you know, what are some of the goals that you have set for her if you have talked to her about that? Oh, we have. The biggest thing for her is kind of like hands mm -hmm. and just, just the movement. Because mm -hmm. I said I wasn't sure how much she's experienced in training. She's had the off season. So just the quickness, the the deeper shots, more powerful shots coming at her. Because it's not just the one age group she's in. Now she's facing like a lot of different like right. older girls and everything else. So just little things like that where working on with her and movement and working with this backline system, how we want to get out of the back and things sure. like that. Cool. So uh, with this being the first game of the year and of course playing an opponent that, you know, uh, isn't in their, well, category really, uh, can you really, what can you take from a big win like that? Other than, you know, that they played their scheme well, they did what they were supposed to do. Well, they got everybody that they wanted to in, some freshmen, some sophomores played, four different goalkeepers got to uh, get minutes, which you heard there at the end of that interview. And, you know, you want it to be a dominant one, but you want to dominate the right way. Mm -hmm. um, you want to spend time on the ball. You don't want to be sloppy. You don't want to make mistakes. And neither team really did that. They held up the ball really well. Um, and they did all the right things that they needed to do in a win like that. And again, you know, I know it sounds a little bit corny, but you have to have a lot of respect for the Berkeley Springs players oh, that yeah. came. I mean, the, the press that they put on, you know, try to win the ball back. It wasn't the most successful, but it was all game, you know. Now, was that like the you think the only way that they really could have gotten a foothold was playing that press the whole time? I think so. On the boys' side of mistakes. things, they really, really wanted to play attacking soccer. You could tell because their back line was coming up little too far than they mm -hmm. should and they gave up some goals in the counter and it was you know at times it was a bit difficult to watch but that was because they wanted to try to win yeah. the ball back and get jerseys forward and then on the goal side of things they had you know times where they would win possession and they try to build and they try to you know get through the back line they didn't have the most support forward because they were trying to play a little bit more defensive than the boys side did um so yeah uh but again, it just came down to effort. And you heard the uh, coach Bound from the boys' side of things said, you know, they kicked the ball out of bounds. We're trying to get the subs in. We did the same thing. Sportsmanship was important. You know, they kind of got up to that 10th, 11th goal, and then they, they backed off a little bit, played possession. Uh, so I think both teams got a lot out of it. You know, it stinks. I was on the recipient of some butt whoopings back <laughs> in the day. I'm sure we all were. Oh, yeah. They, yep. they, they build character. I, I know it sounds corny. Mm -hmm. And for them to keep up the fight through it, I was – Really pleased with what I saw from both Berkeley Springs teams and, of course, Jefferson. You score 22 goals in, in the span of you know 160 minutes of, of soccer, and it's it's going to put you in a pretty good positive light as you go into conference play. Well, it definitely kept your uh, Twitter fingers oh busy goodness. during the game. Oh, so make yeah. sure you head over to at EP News Network on Twitter uh, to stay up to date really on everything we have going on here in the sports world and the news world uh, for the Panhandle News Network. But let's talk a little West Virginia football. And, Parker, why won't Neil Brown just tell us who the dang quarterback is? I think it's because we all know who he, who it is. Yeah. You'd I like mean, to think so. Yeah, I, yeah. You would think that. I think it's just a case of Pitt not ruling out any possibility of it being anyone else. Just to yeah. be like, okay, we're gonna game plan around JT Daniels because JT Daniels is who's gonna start. Which I think, honestly, Pitt's probably already game planning around JT Daniels. To be honest with you, but I like how he's keeping it kind of open. He's also keeping the right tackle position and the punter position open right now on the team. So, and Neil's mentioned it at the Big 12 Paris Conference. It was a completely open, wide open competition at the punter spot. So, we'll have to see who's starting at those two. Those two are probably more wide open than the legit quarterback. I think he's just saying that because throwing everybody else, Goose Crowder, Garrett Green, just somebody else to if they want a game plan because you know. If you throw Garrett Green out there, it's a totally different game plan mm -hmm. than we play against JT Daniels. So, and also Pitts non-committal on their quarterback yeah. as well, which is very interesting. I just saw that pop up. So again, I think it's the same type of situation. You're expecting it to be Keaton Slovis, but 
I there and I think Luke said it too. We were mentioned about it this morning. There's going to be like a there's a there's, emergency a press, press conference, there's an emergency yeah. press conference for a pit where apparently I think they're going to be naming the starter starter for the game. Well, nobody knows. Interesting. Um, it should be Slovis, but there have been reports coming out of pit training camp a couple of times that he'd gone down with injuries, so he's mm-hmm. playing banged up. So there's you know speculation that he might miss the WVU game. I doubt it, but yeah, yeah. It, most likely it'll be Slovis. But you're absolutely right. You hit on all the major points that you don't want to give them. Yeah, you want to make Pitt pre- uh, prepare more than they have to. So they have to do their due diligence on all four quarterbacks if you're not yeah. going to name one, and it is going to be JT Daniels. I'd be shocked if it's not. But that right tackle position between Brandon Yates and Jaquai Hubbard I think is really interesting because Brandon Yates was your starting left tackle last year, switches this year with Wyatt Milam, and he was fine all of last season. Yeah. But now Jaquai Hubbard comes into the mix who got some – reps off the bench last year uh, as a quality player that's now pushing for starting time. I think it's a good problem to have when you have two guys battling for that position with Yates moving over to an arguably easier spot and Jaquay Hubbard raising his game from last year. And then in the punting game, Colton McGee, who has kicked before in college or punted before in college, and then Ollie Straw or Oliver Straw, the Australian freshman. I think Straw's got the more talented leg but he's significantly less accurate and can't put the ball where it needs to. So I would lean McGee at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. But if they keep that in open competition as the year goes on, I would not be shocked if Straw's the punter by the end of the year. The right tackle, you're right. I mean, it might just be a 50-50 split anyways. We saw mm-hmm. Wyatt Milam do that some uh, as a freshman. We saw Zach Frazier do that as well, splitting time. If that's what they want to do, both guys are going to play. It's not like quarterback where you're the guy and then nobody else gets to play. But it should be Daniels. It should be Slovis. Right tackle's up in the air and probably McGee for now. Um, but hopefully we'll get a little bit more. I, I, if, if Neil Brown's going to announce who the quarterback is, he'll say it. Probably media day of game mm-hmm. week, which will be yeah. a week from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's definitely not the case where even in the there's no way even in the locker room where he's even telling the guys. I mean, he's got to JT's got to know he's number one, right? Yeah, no, yeah. you, you, you can't not tell. He's just him saying that. that just like you guys are saying, just keep everything a little bit hush hush. And he's getting mm-hmm. all the one reps anyway, right? I mean, yeah, it, it if sense. we would have more of an indication if it was going to be somebody else that always oh, splitting time with Bruce yeah. Crowder or Garrett Green's taking snaps with the ones, or you know, he's really throwing bad balls in practice. But I've had heard nothing but good things about JT's taking snaps with the ones. So it's a little bit of subterfuge, a little bit of espionage to try I'm to get it. What, yeah. what a word! There's your SAT <laughs> yeah. word of the day, Parker. To uh, to, yeah. to get under Pitt's skin a little bit. Pitt's doing the same thing they haven't named their quarterback either yeah hmm. interesting stuff i'm excited to see jt daniels work though this year i'm excited to see uh what he does finally getting like a full helm of an offense and it seems like well this west virginia offense should be uh, pretty good but time will only tell because we know that uh we've seen this story before with west virginia football where you have all the high hopes going in and then right at the end and then the high hopes stay high through the season then right when you need them to uh lock it down they usually don't. So hopefully that changes this year. We'll find out. And JT Daniels gives him the best opportunity, I think, to do that. But stick around. We'll come back. We'll uh, talk more here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. We were talking a little WVU football, and I've been seeing, uh, you know, of course, a lot of the predictions and things are starting to really come out in earnest now that the football season is, well, pretty much here. And I've been seeing a lot of projected wins for teams. And, of course, I mean, that's just, you know, drawing straws, picking straws at this point of the year. Uh, But I have a lot of people have, or I've been seeing a lot of people having West Virginia towards like the bottom of the Big 12 this year, which I think might be, of course, it's preseason stuff. They can only take from what happened last year. 
But I think this is easily, maybe not necessarily a Big 12 championship contender right now, but I think they're fourth, maybe, in the Big 12, I would say. Maybe in that area, fourth, fifth, around there. Not the bottom half like everybody else is saying. I think it is because this JT Daniels uh, kind of, I don't know, unknown, I guess, with him right now. Do you think that these low kind of um, estimates, Parker, are right for West Virginia right now? Um, I think media overall is kind of undervaluing WVU, in my opinion. I think the over-under for total wins, I think, was set about five and a half, if I'm correct. But I think that's... I think they hit the over on that. That's an easy over for me. Yeah. That's an easy over. There's You've got games... It's really going to be telling in this first four stretch of games for WVU. You've got, of course, Pitt opening. Then you have Kansas, Towson, and then you're going to Blacksburg to play Virginia Tech. If you can come out of there 3-1, and 4-0 and would be fantastic. If you can come out of there 4-0... I, and then you're going to be rolling in the Big 12. I think they could beat Kansas State. I think they could beat TCU. Oklahoma might be a tough game, which they might lose. Texas is – some people are picking Texas to win the Big 12. I think those will be the two hardest games for West Virginia this year are going to be Texas and Oklahoma. And then you move over to Baylor. Baylor's always a tough game. But in the past few years, WVU has had Baylor's number in those games. So that's I think that's entirely possible. And, yeah, I think in, they're in that somewhere of that middle of that pack. I forgot to mention Oklahoma State. That's another great team. They're always consistent. Everybody's got good. them winning the Big 12 that I see. I, I just I don't see Oklahoma State. I think it's either going to be Oklahoma or Texas this year, depending on how Quinn Ewers plays over there at Texas. It could be them, but my early favorite's Oklahoma. But, again, back to WVU. I, I can't see them finishing in the second half of the Big 12. I think they'll be, at worst, fifth, I think. If all things go to plan, Daniel stays healthy and plays good. I can't see them finishing no worse than fifth. Well, they got some tough road games this year. That's the thing. I mean, they have Baylor at home, but Texas on the road at Texas Tech, at Iowa State, you know, at Oklahoma State to end the year. But they do get Oklahoma at home, Kansas State at home, and TCU at home. I mean, does this record necessarily shake, or the record, does the schedule shake out for them to, you know, maybe be in bottom half of the Big 12 team? Yeah, I I think that's the point that West Virginia is the only team in college football that over the next five seasons are going to play 11 games each year against the Power Five team. And so when you weigh against that, that you're playing Pitt, who people love, and we keep saying they're overrated, but yeah. the world loves Pitt. Um, and Virginia Tech, who's not an – it's not – it's a winnable game. It should be a win for WVU, but it, there's a big difference between playing them and playing James Madison yeah. or yeah. something like that. And they're coming right off the Towson game. Yeah, but. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Tony Caridi, when he was on, also mentioned, you know, it's hard to predict how good these teams mm-hmm. are going to be because of how much roster turnover there is with the mm-hmm. transfer portal. You're yeah. missing basically all of your linebacker depth, your second best edge rusher, um, and your entire secondary that you're going to have to replace. So people look at that, they look at their schedule, and it's easy to write this team off. Now, you look at the Big 12 as a whole, this team's better than Texas Tech, and this team's better than Kansas. And that, in my opinion, I like what Matt Campbell's doing at Iowa State, but I think they're better than Iowa State, too. TCU, uh, we've talked about Sonny Dykes. I think he's going to do great things this uh, for this program, but maybe not this year. And then that's where you're comfortable sticking in West Virginia. I think Kansas State has the best player in the conference in yep. Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, I agree. And really all, we always know how good they are defensively and on special teams. So it's hard for me to make an easy argument to say that West Virginia is better than them. Baylor won the Big 12. They picked eighth in the conference last year, and they won the Big 12, and they've got everybody coming back. Texas has got the top recruiting or one of the top recruiting classes in the country year in and year out. Oklahoma's got, you know, a shiny new head coach, the weapons that they have on offense, the uh, the quarterback that came from UCF. I can't remember his name. Dylan, not, not Dylan, Dylan Gabriel. Gabriel. It is Dylan Gabriel. <laughs> and Oklahoma State's got the best coach in the conference, even though he's a nut. So you can make the argument that there are four teams significantly better than WVU right now, and then they're in that Kansas State-TCU range. 
But West Virginia fans would then say, we might have the best offensive line in the conference. Mm-hmm. We've got depth of wide receiver. We really like our backfield. We've got great transfers coming in and Lee Koba and guys coming from the JUCO level in the FCS and the secondary. And then we've got JT Daniels, who when he transferred to West Virginia was top 12 in the Heisman odds. Yep. So there's arguments on both sides. It's, it's easy from a national media standpoint to not really know that much about this roster and say, okay, this team's seventh in the Big 12. I get it. But West Virginia fans are saying, look at our weapons. Look at what JT Daniels could do. Look at our new offensive coordinator and we could also finish third in the yeah. conference it all comes down to quarterback play in my opinion right now as we stand right now they're the sixth best team in the conference but if they go out and beat the crap out of Pitt or JT Daniels looks good against Pitt then they're the fourth best team in the conference beat Virginia Tech then maybe they're the third best team in the conference mm-hmm. and as conference play rolls on they're going to be a tough team to beat they at Virginia Tech then at Texas in back-to-back <laughs> weeks they're pretty That's tough, tough environments to go uh, for me and from Blacksburg hop on a plane go across the country and, and think about how important that Texas game is because when you beat them last year they're on they're on the ropes at that point yeah. Texas can they got the some be- buzz right now too yeah exactly mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season you know Texas went toe-to-toe with what was the kickoff game that they had three years ago was it Alabama I that think they so. took down to the wire and mm-hmm. then they finished the year at six and six yeah. you know Texas at the beginning of the year when they're stupid enough to think that they're national championship contenders are a lot more <laughs> dangerous than Texas week 12 when yeah. the Mountaineers got them last year and eliminated them from a bowl game so we all like to say oh it's Texas you know Texas isn't back what you're right but this is before they'll have picked up four losses so that's a very dangerous game yeah and then you look there uh, last three games that the season uh, home home away ending at Oklahoma State but home Oklahoma and then home Kansas State so that could be a pretty uh, oh, yeah. significant pretty crucial two back-to-back home games there right at the end of the season for the Mountaineers but I agree with you I think it, the easy thing is just say yeah West Virginia you know based on the last couple of years just put them down there uh, they haven't really shown anything but look a little deeper I think it's a pretty good ball club this year so uh, I think they have a chance to surprise some people but stick around we come back we're going to talk about the commanders because uh, well a notable local athlete uh, unfortunately has been put on the pup list so we'll talk about that here after the break on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST the Panhandle News Network it's Panhandle Sports Live join the conversation on Twitter at EP News Network Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. We were talking uh, WVU football, but as we all know, that's not the only uh, school here in the state of West Virginia that has Division One football. And the Marshall Thundering Herd are uh, in the news right now because their star running back is taking some time away from Marshall football. And we decided to bring in our Marshall expert, Marshall Marsha, is joining us. Marsha, thank you for joining us. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad to be a sought-after sports commentator. <laughs> well, you I- were the one that broke it. So, you know, I'm on, I'm on these mom pages because I'm a mom. So I go, I get all the You're Facebook, a Marshall mom now, too. Right. I'm a Marshall mom. So I get on all the pages and there's this guy that has the, the straight T in mm-hmm. Huntington. And so he posts things about like that road is flooded or, or this guy's a crack addict. Stay, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So all the T, right? Right. And yesterday I was like, oh, Jordan would Jordan could use this T. So it was um, from. Hey, what was the that report? It was from Alligator Jackson's Inside Huntington, West Virginia. If you want to favorite that. Um, anyway, it said Marshall. An irrefutable had, source. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Marshall head coach Charles Huff announced that star running back Rasheen Ali will take some time away from the football team and will miss a portion of the upcoming season. He is resting mentally and physically, and it is not known when he will return. So is there any idea why? No Nobody has no idea? He's with the team, which is what's crazy Yeah, he's about popping it. in and out, yeah. and his family's yeah. around. So, you know what? None of our business, kind right. of. But, <laughs> of course. But looks like everyone's in support of him, and this is something that they feel like he needs to do in order 
to come back strong. Well, that's what I wanted to ask because this was on like a message board, right? What yeah, was the Facebook page? What was Alligator Jack or whatever his name? What was the What was the <laughs> parents' response when I, that I news didn't, broke? I didn't look down the thread. You guys can re- yeah. do your own research oh, if you okay. need to. But but, <laughs> but so, you're the reporter. That's yeah, your you're Marsha. Marsha. <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't anticipate this question. So I, I, I'll prepare better next time. But when you think about folks like gymnast Simone Biles, mm-hmm. who um, caused a lot of controversy, there were a lot of people throwing heat at her for uh, opting out of uh, the, the beam routine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because she wasn't mentally there. If she's not mentally there, and you and I talked about this when it yep. when it was all happening, she could, um, you know, when she's doing an aerial, she could crack her head. You know, she could die from that. That's yeah. it's a, yeah. it, You're all in your head when you're an athlete uh, and, and gymnasts in particular. So obviously the coaching staff and his fellow players think that this uh, fella deserves and needs some time off. Yeah, and if that could be the case, of course, we don't know. But, I mean, he's got a little bit of pressure coming on to uh, his 2022 season. Look at last year. I mean, he was the FBS leader in touchdowns with 25. 23 of those came on the ground. He had over uh, 1,400 yards on the ground and 250 carries. So he had a little bit uh, of, you know, eyes on him. He was on the watch list for the Maxwell Award. He was, uh, you know, it, I think that that could be a, a reason, I would say. Yeah, and you'd also have to say, Marshall, Marsha, if I could say it, that, <laughs> you know, in, in broadcast, we have, we take vacations, we take personal days, whatever. Mm-hmm. Marshall yeah, fans sure. would rather have a rested and in his right mind, Rashid Ali, than somebody who they forced to come to training camp, forced to go through all this work when he was really dealing with, you know, some off-the-field issues. They'd rather him say, hey, man, take a week, take 10 days, do what you need to do, come well-rested, as opposed to, you know, forcing him to be somewhere mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be. So I did look at the thread, and, and folks are very supportive. Uh, nothing particular was said. Now that we know he's out for a while, then just pray for him and his family. Well, that's good. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. parents said, uh, parents and, you know, community members praying for this young man and whatever it is he's enduring. So supportive group down mm-hmm. there in Huntington. I don't see anyone like slamming him. So, so do you think if like, thanks for the team, that's one thing, but mental health is more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you, do you think if this happens, if JT Daniels comes out and says uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, right? We have West Virginia, a little bit bigger, right? Situation mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Do you think the fans are as supportive as like Marshall? Because it seems, it seems like Marshall's a nice little tight knit community down there. Right. Uh, but you know, with, the view, it's huge. Yeah, you're right. I, I, it could be a different reaction. The other thing is, if you push a guy too much, you've got the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Could go. Yeah. Lynn J. Dixon transferred to Tennessee, and then uh, two days ago transferred out of Tennessee uh, from West Virginia. You know, so stuff like that happens. You want to be supportive of players to keep them. You know, when Akeem Mesidor said he was going to transfer, he didn't feel safe. Fan base went after him, and it wow. was not right that he and, didn't feel yeah. safe in Morgantown. Yeah, and and then oh, he, goodness, he yeah. transferred to Miami. Huh. So you know that that. You have to be very careful. You know, Pat McAfee still gets death death threats for yeah. missing those kicks in the pit game. Yeah. And people remember that's why he doesn't come back as much as he probably would want to. So you know? scuttle further in the thread from people, I guess, who are third, oh. or heard fans. Yeah. Rumor Mill, this guy says, Tanner is his name. Rumor Mill is saying he got hurt in practice and they're covering it up to save any draft stock fall off. Ooh. And then someone else said next headline will be Rashid Ali enters the transfer. Uh, so, there's, there's there's the other side of the coin. Yeah, you never know. But there's uh, he's got some challenging or well, some challenge. he's got some good athletes behind him. So, I mean, uh, behind they could, him or on his neck. Oh, you never Ooh. know. You never know. And a lot of local uh, West Virginia guys too, Polka uh, graduate that's up there too that could be, uh, you know, taking over the role if this is a prolonged absence or if he ends up going to the transfer portal. So who knows? It's always interesting. It's always interesting. But you've seen this a lot. I mean, you mentioned Simone Biles. I can't, and I can't remember the girl's name now. She's the 
tennis player uh, that like backed out of the, mm-hmm. like, the Australian Open, oh, backed yeah. out of a couple uh, uh, of Wimbledon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is becoming a real of thing. Of course you had that, Parker. <laughs> wow. Wow. Huge women's tennis fan. Hey, Absolutely. Fun, man. But <laughs> this is becoming a pretty a normal thing, I think. And people are finally starting to kind of see that, you know, I think the easy way is from a fan is to be like, well, they're just getting paid to play a sport. They can deal with it. Right. But you it, people are starting to see that these are still people. So Connor McLean from West Virginia just won the U.S. Uh, you know national um, gymnastics title, mm-hmm. right? It's, so if you look at any of the you know down the past few graphs in the stories about her, you'll find that in December of last year, her dad died of COVID. Mm-hmm. Her grandma died within weeks of that, and she went to she changed abruptly her gym from West Virginia to te- to Texas, and she she would just kind of come in, show up cry, leave for like several weeks and then just suddenly was able to turn it. But it's all about that whole, you know, her coaches gave her a chance to Mm -hmm. kind of process it and she came back stronger, but it could have gone completely. She was, she was ready to quit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You never know. Cause sometimes, I mean, these athletes, their escape is going to do these sports. And then when it's just as crazy and as pressure filled as the rest of their life, I mean, I'm, I can see where it would be nice to take a little time off. By the way, nice shout by you, Ethan Payne, the polka graduates probably going to get some carries now that got a a transfer that came in as well. Kalan Laybourne is also a backup running back, but yeah, the polka plug. I like you, man. I I couldn't even remember Ethan Payne's name. (laughs) Go dots. Not the polka. It's polka. The I've gotten yelled dots. at before for saying the polka, polka dots, but they're the polka dots. Don't oh, you don't put the L in there. It's not P O L K A. It's P O. Yeah. Bob, do you have any of all these great West Virginia high school names? Remember the Bramble Millionaires? You remember some of the schools? Oh, yeah. The Reesville Rams? Oh. Well, those are probably, those are probably pre-consolidated schools. Yeah, exactly. All the awesome. cool names mm-hmm. that we have just. Well, you were down there in the good part of the state. I was going to say, we were the roadrunners. I like that. I like that, yeah. It's better than the Cougars or the Lions Mm. or, you know, no offense, Jefferson. (laughs) (laughs) That's the normal stuff, right? A little creative. Yeah, Eagle. I mean, all the normal ones. Yeah, yeah. all the the Christian schools I used to play against, they're all the Crusaders or the the Eagles. It was the the Eagles or the the Crusaders. Gales. A lot of Gales all the time. Well, Marshall, Marsha. Thank you for coming in and uh, dropping some Marshall information on us. Glad to be here. Could, did you ever think you would uh, no, be coming into a sports even, show and even with with information, correct information on the sports correct. show? Right? You the seem source to surprise everyone. Correct. We're going to put you, you on that. Were the source. We're going to put you on that beat. We want a Marshall, Marshall article. Beat. Four yeah. articles a week. The, if you want it from the mom perspective, I've got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need three Marshall articles from you <laughs> per week. All right. Anyways, Marshall, Marsha, thank you for joining Panhandle Sports Live, and stick around for more here after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Thank you to Marshall Marsha for coming over and talking about the Rasheen Allen update, who, of course, has taken a little bit of a leave of absence uh, to start the season, and people, well, still don't know why. So, uh, well, if you hear about it, let us know over at, at EP News Network on Twitter and, of course, painting on the News Network on Facebook. But before we were talking about Marshall, I said we were going to talk about Chase Young. Of course, uh, the Shepherd graduate, Shepherd football player, uh, now with the Washington Commanders. But he was placed on the pup list and out for the first couple of games. What's that mean, I guess, for Chase Young, Parker? Yeah, uh, Chase Young, former number two overall pick in the NFL draft oh. just a couple years ago. You, you, I'm thinking of two different people. I, I had that whole build up. 
I, I was thinking there for a second. I was like, I don't remember Chase Young going yeah, to Shepard. No, but. not yeah. I was <laughs> what a powerhouse then, off the edge. That's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> anyways, okay. Anyways, restart. Chase Young placed on the pup list. What's that mean for the Commanders? <laughs> uh, yeah. So Chase Young, he, Shepard uh, legend Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Shepard, yeah. <laughs> you know Tom Brady went there too. <laughs> no way. I heard a I heard a Night Train Lane played for him back in the fifties too. <laughs> and Barry Sanders had a great career there. No too. way. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back to Chase Young. So <laughs> if you were curious, Ohio State. Yes. Ohio State (laughs) player, Chase Young. Drafted number two Uh, overall just a couple drafts ago to the Washington Commanders football team, the the name that formerly was the football team. mm -hmm. But anyway, he's out for the first four games. If you remember, he tore his right ACL and MCL in November of last season, and he's just going to take these first four games, get back up to speed and everything. And, yeah, I hope he gets back to health and where he needs to be because, he, of course, he won Defensive Rookie of the Year in the 20s and – yeah, it's just a lot better. I mean, it, being a Giants fan, I hate having to face the Commanders and Chase Young, but I wanted the Giants to get him a lot during that draft process. But, yeah, I hope he get, gets a nice recovery. It's safe to take the first four games just to get that knee back up to speed. It was a late It was late in the season with the AC, ACL tear. But, yeah, and then speaking of the uh, pro teams in the area, you got a uh, Baltimore Raven going on to the pup list, right, Jordan? Yes, that's right. And, by the way, I was thinking of Dwan Neal. <laughs> by the way, the former uh, Shepherd football player that is now on the Commanders. Uh, he is not hurt, as far as I understand, so hopefully... And he's had a pretty he's good preseason. Well. Yeah, he's had a great yeah, preseason. He's getting too. legitimate snaps, and his cuts continue to roll in. He's still standing, so we're rooting for him. I said that. But yeah, Gus Edwards, uh, he is on the pup list, too, uh, pup list as well. Man, the Ravens uh, at running back. I feel like the Ravens are kind of similar, speaking of Shepard, to Shepard on the offensive side of things because the, the running back situation, I mean, they have good running backs. They have good skill running backs. But with Gus Edwards being you know, back on the uh, pup list, kind of takes their big brooding back out of the backfield and it kind of takes a little bit of that dynamic backfield away from him, which I think is also happening on the uh, Shepard side of uh, things mm-hmm. as well. But I don't know. I mean, Gus Bus, you wish you had him in there, but... I think uh, I think Lamar is going to completely take over this offense this year. He's got he's added the weight, which I thought was also hilarious. They were talking about his weight during the last preseason game, uh, during the pregame show. They're talking about like, yeah, yeah, we put a bunch of weight on. You know, I think it's going to hurt him. You know, I don't think that's going to be good for his, uh, you know, longevity, whatever. And then they uh, cut to a camera shot of him as he's eating M and M's on the sidelines during the game, <laughs> which I thought was absolutely hilarious and perfect. But uh, I don't know. I'm not too too upset about it uh I, I would rather have gus come back completely healthy and ready to play than if they try to push him you know back too soon yeah I, i'll say this though the the ravens have the one of the best offensive lines of football Correct. and they're yeah. the best rushing offense in football because mm-hmm. of who their quarterback is and because of whatever it was mark ingram right that got significant carries yeah. mm-hmm. mark ingram was yeah. averaging like four yards per carry in his late 50s for this team you know so it really doesn't matter as long as you've got healthy bodies, I'll say this, and just quietly from a fantasy perspective, fantasy football, I really, really think that J.K. Dobbins is primed for an incredible season. I know he's coming back from injury, but they're going to throw him the ball yep. more. And everything I've heard out of Ravens camp is that he's very, very close to 100%. People were like, is he going to be ready for week one? Can he handle you know the workhorse load? For fantasy football, by the way, just as an aside, mm-hmm. then now that his... Is the other guy that he was going to split carries with his hurt 
please go after J.K. Dobbins. He's going to catch passes. He's going to average six yards a carry because of how good this team is blocking up front and how Lamar Jackson opens up lanes for his rushers as well. I think the Ravens are in just fine shape. Dobbins is going to come back. He's going to eat. He's going to average, like I said, five yards a carry, score a bunch of touchdowns. Edwards is going to come back at an important time to start spelling him carries to try to you know take some of the pressure off for hopefully a postseason run. So I wouldn't be too concerned if I was a Ravens fan because I think they're in good hands. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, of course, the Ravens go as Lamar Jackson goes. So if he doesn't go, then nothing uh, goes. But I think this could be a, uh, a, a surprising Ravens team, I think. But people, always, people forget, and as a Ravens fan, I forget too, Lamar has only won one playoff game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's already, I mean, he's, was a... a he was a rookie. Unanimous, well, yeah, he was a rookie. Unanimous MVP as well, but he hasn't been able to do it in the playoffs. So hopefully they're finally starting to get a couple of tools around him to do so. But uh, we'll talk about fantasy football here in a second. But let's get to uh, Parker's picks here while we still got some time. All right, so for today for you, looking back into yesterday's selection, the uh, bonus picks for the day hit. We had the... Let me look at what we have for the bonus today. We had the, as I look right here, well, the lock of the day was going to be the Cardinals over the Cubs, but I trusted Luke's team, and Luke's team failed me in that first game. But <laughs> I told you you should have gone with the Cubs. I, uh, is that why he's wearing, well, why are you wearing a Padres shirt today? Is that an old uh, old team OG shirt? Yeah, this? this was back when the, the Little League Baseball days, when we were the <laughs> I wanted so bad to be a Cardinal that year. <laughs> and I ended up on the Padres, but I still have the shirt. Mm-mm. But anyway, back to the uh, bonus picks. The uh, Braves over the Pirates hit 6-1, to one, and then the Rays demolished the Angels 11-1. to one. As well, speaking of the Angels, before I get into the, some of the picks today, do you see the uh, owners going to sell the team the for Angels? the Angels? Oh, really? Yeah, he's looking to sell the team. For- Does that mean Shohei's going to be freed? It's e- it's e- that's e- not means- before the sale. You want your yeah. top asset to still be on the team that's so you can true. sell the yeah, team for so more money. High. Yeah, yes. like you get an extra five hundred million because you got Shohei Otani on the books. But yeah. well, I mean, what's to stop the new guy from coming in and then trading? Just Shohei trade him Atani, away, which it, wouldn't it, surprise me. Yeah, they were saying it either would facilitate it or bring in a lock for a long term contract. One of the two. But lock of the day for the day. Speaking of the Angels, I'm going back to the hot hand. Rays over the Angels today. I, right. The Angels are just in a really bad shape right now, and the Rays are really trying to fight for to get into the wild card and keep the playoff spot in. Rays over the Angels lock for the day. Two other picks I like for today, Giants over the Tigers, and those O's will not quit. I'm going with them plus one and a half in the spread over the White Sox today. Let's keep it rolling. They won I, last night, They too. won last night. They were down early. They came back and won the thing. Shout out to Ryan Mountcastle for the home run. Yeah. I just wanted to say, by the way, I was also driving back from Jefferson listening to the Orioles broadcast. That was some... Prime play by play. Oh yeah, the they're crew. good. They're good. Oh, yeah. when, when they're on it, you know, so a couple of times you'd be like, oh, you know, they're all right. But last mm-hmm. night they were on Killing one. It. They, they were on it. one. It was well, it was fun to listen to. They looking at the Orioles here. They are one, two, three, fourth in the American League with a record of sixty four and fifty eight. My goodness, two and a half games uh, behind the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, man, this has been uh, it's been a cool. I mean, I keep bringing it up. Of course, I'm going to bring it up as a Nationals fan. This is very reminiscent of the Nats run in 2019, man, where they were literally the worst team in baseball in April or June, and then uh, all of a sudden start winning games. You get a cut, you plug a couple guys in, you get a little different. Uh, I don't know culture in the locker room, and then bang, you never know what could happen. And um, yeah, these Orioles, man, they are they're definitely something going on. Yeah, it's crazy right now looking at all this right here. You've got, again, we've talked at length, seems on the daily now about how tight this wild card race is. 67 to 55, the Rays are in the top right now, and it's just half a game between the top three teams. Then you've got the O's who are right there. It's big because the O's leap the Twins. The Twins are now four games back. They had some losses against them, so that's big. And the O's getting that win against the White Sox, pushing them back to five games out. 
This is this the the O's are in a prime spot right now. They're in that spot of like if a team goes on, if the team in the AL, let's say if there's Mariners, they have a series against the Astros, or the Jays have a series against the Yankees or against the Rays. Those two teams could play each other out, and the O's could sneak their way in. So it's it's entirely possible. Which it's going to be even better because their top prospect just got called up. Gunnar so Henderson got called up yesterday. So who knows what that's going to bring? That I mean, could be another spark. Say, if, do they need more sparks? They you, can't no. you can't say no. You can't say no to that. I, I won't say no to it. Gunnar Henderson is one heck of a ball player, and we've talked with Amy beforehand. They may be the long-term move, might be to move him to third base. He might be the third baseman. Of course, Jorge Mateo has been playing fantastic ball here as of late, and you still got guys in that farm system. you got Grayson Rodriguez, Jackson Holiday, who was the number one overall pick in this past draft. I'm telling you, if it isn't this year, the O's are going to make the playoffs either the next year or the year after, and they're going to be dominant, maybe even win that American League East. And for Gunnar Henderson this year in AA and AAA, and he was doing well in AAA as well, he's hitting 300 on the season, 19 home runs, 19 stolen bases, to just three caught stealings, driving in runs. He's a legitimate five-tool player. He's mm-hmm. got 20-20 upside. They'll probably hit him towards the bottom of the lineup, give some pop, You know, maybe use him as a pinch runner utility player off the bench because he can play so many positions. So he answers a lot of problems that the Orioles have right now. Late game, somebody you can put in as a pinch hitter or somebody that can spell one your starters at third base or shortstop so i'm excited to see him play don't forget you can listen to all baltimore orioles baseball games right here on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network let's talk a little fantasy football as we got a couple of minutes left uh, i'm seeing everybody saying to take jonathan taylor number one is that uh where you guys are with that too yeah, yeah i think so he's going to get some targets in this offense because of how much matt ryan throws he's really athletic in indiana yeah they're really good up front um, uh, as well, they've got some of the best interior blockers in the NFL, and he doesn't get hurt. You want to draft running backs that are under twenty-five. So, uh, on yeah. a completely different note, not talking fantasy now, uh, I just pop Twitter up here. Big, uh, Big Twelve coaches rankings here. All right. Oh, this is the coaches poll. Co- well, just of the coaches ranking, oh, ranking of the, the coaches. coaches. Yeah, okay. Neil Brown at ten. Yikes! Last, wow, last on what the is list. Matt Campbell does Sonny Dykes hasn't done anything yet. Matt Campbell's at two. Uh, Sonny Dykes is at six. Um, oh, um, the Texas Brett Venables is nine, eight. Right? Uh, Joey McGuire, seven. Uh, Texas head coach Steve Sarkazian is at nine. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's brutal for Sarkazian. Yeah. But then Neil Brown at 10. What? Why is the way put respect on Neil Brown? I will say this. Neil Brown is, we talk about coaches hot seat every once in a while. It's a fun website to check out. It mm-hmm. ranks the most fireable coaches in all of college football. Neil Brown is probably the most fireable coach in the Big 12 right now. Steve Sarkazian's probably. Now, why second. is that? Because he hasn't done anything, done anything yet. yet. Yeah. You know, he's a, just yeah. a bunch of 500. For now, I'm not saying I want him fired. Right, no, right. But if you were to, a lot of these guys are just new. Like, Sonny Dykes isn't fireable. He's going to get three years. You know, he's going to take on you know, Matt Campbell. I take it back what I said about Matt Campbell. He should be that high. Um, mm-hmm. But still, I, 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 we're still pretty brutal to have him ahead of or behind guys that haven't even coached last, a single game. Last. That is tough. Yeah. And it's also tough for uh, Neil Brown, too. Every time I see a screenshot of one of his press conferences, he's always has the craziest face. It's like they catch up with the craziest looking face on him. Like, come on, Neil. He's like, he, he looks like like Bayou Ben Shapiro. He does. <laughs> yes. That is exactly. great. That is like great. Bizarro land Ben Shapiro. <laughs> so exactly funny. what it is. Uh, well, Fellas, we got about a minute and a half here. You got anything else you want to let people know about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some news just broke this morning. Some, uh, sa- some sadly, some sad news. Oh. Uh, former Kansas City Chiefs legend Len Dawson, Super Bowl Four MVP, passed away this morning. 
Man. He, age 87. And so. on the, the flip side of that, you also had some pretty big news about Tyson Bajant and the senior. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Tyson Bajant, he was named to the watch list for the Senior Bowl Mobile Alabama, incredible. which is, That's if you don't huge. know about the Senior Bowl, it's basically the mecca for all seniors to go to after the college football season. You've seen guys like Baker Mayfield go well, there. Guys you, have gone from the fourth round to the first round oh, because absolutely. of how great they've played in the Senior Bowl. Absolutely. You've seen, absolutely, you've got guys who've done that. I think maybe, I think it was Montez Sweat did something like that one year he went from maybe like a third round guy to a top Trayvon pick. Walker was the same way last exactly year. yeah Trayvon Walker was thought to be maybe a second round pick goes number one overall this year so and notably Tyson is the only non-FBS quarterback on that list That's crazy. so there's a lot of there's a lot of potential there if Tyson plays well could be heading him away to Mobile which would be awesome for the Rams program that is super cool Super cool for Tyson. But if you missed any of the show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on the Panhandle News Network Facebook page. But for Luke and Parker, I'm Jordan. Panhandle Live is next. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We are proud.